What's up, guys? Welcome to the episode. This is episode number nine, I believe, with our friend Orlando Lugo. This is going to be filled with oh, just such an awesome story, such an amazing guy. When I first moved to Rhode Island, basically, he took me completely under his wing. We'll go into how he even heard about me, how we even connected through a voicemail that he sent me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy wants me to like work at his gym. Like, that's so cool. Let's be best friends. He really is. He is like a older brother figure to me and has just been an awesome business partner throughout these last almost six years, just being able to provide me with a space to you know, have my clients, have my classes and just support. And that's the beautiful thing in this industry to find people that will lift you up and support you, especially as trainers. So we are going to learn all about Orlando's story, stuff that a lot of people might not even know. You will learn about how he hit a point where he had to turn and pivot into going from a dream that he had for playing Major League Baseball and how an injury was a setback, but therefore led him into what he's doing now. And so often you're going to see this with a lot of our guests are we hit you know, we hit low points and those end up being the turning points for us into the future. So you're going to get really in depth with Orlando. It's so fun. Me, him and Sam, the three best friends anyone could have. I am completely surrounded by amazing people at the gym all the time. My clients love Orlando and Sam when they're not there, they're asking where they are. It's just an awesome environment. I'm so grateful for Orlando and obviously Sam in my life, especially these past five, six years with Orlando. He truly is, like I said, a brother to me. So please follow what he's doing. Currently, they are doing a winter survival challenge. So we will link it in the show notes, but essentially it's just a group to hold each other accountable in different challenges throughout the winter. And Orlando has really, he is so amazing at coming up with ideas and ways to get community involved in community involvement. And everyone that knows him loves him. So if you're listening to this and you know, Orlando, you know how we feel about him. This guy couldn't hurt a fly. He is just the best. So please check them out. You can find them at Complete Athlete on Instagram. I'll make sure I link that below. And let's get into this episode. Thanks, guys. Just like that. Yeah. No, no messing around. Yeah, this we is good. Have our, what we're going to do. Are you nervous? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. No, you're good. All right, here we go. I can, is it I recording? Closer to my face. We're good. Let me just <laughs> confirm. Yeah. See right. if he holds How's it there. Right Talk right again. Out. Give it a go. Hello. Am I fine? Yes. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Not sure what episode this is, but we have our heart and soul <laughs> of man. strength and conditioning. The man, the myth, the legend. Orlando Lugo in the house. Insert Ow. all the applause. Woo! Yeah. Most everyone who knows me knows Orlando because I literally talk about Orlando all the time in such great ways. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think he's nervous because we didn't do any kind of programming or plan for this and it's really thrown him for a loop. I'm a planner too, Orlando, but these are always, I think, a lot better when we just go for it. I, I, I agree. I'm sweating. because we're bouncing on stability balls currently so that's why we're sweating um we are also joined by co-host strong sam brown hi hello hello sam's here again um that was not really fanfare (laughs) that with the 
<laughs> fuck Sam's was that here. one? Yeah. Sam's okay, here. Uh, shit bags here. Whatever. Yeah, Sam's here again, guys. We're getting bored of him. Homeless but guy. Not not Mary, not related. <laughs> yeah. Sam Brown. Uh, Sam uh, Brown strength. Cool. Hey, he's kind of hey. cool. These two, I'm with all of the time. And <laughs> I will tell you that I just to put out on like a real note, I'm so thankful for the two of them because I just feel like in the fitness industry, people can be very uh, selfish, like to themselves. They don't want to share clients. They don't want to share experiences. They don't want to show that they learned something from somebody else. And then with these two or the three of us, we are able to share everything with each other, take from each other, learn from each other, provide it to our clients. Like I have Sam and Orlando step in with my clients all the time. I trust them 100%. Like when I go out of town, uh, they could cover, Orlando has covered a lot of my sessions before. And I, and, and Sam also has stepped in to cover a lot of my sessions <laughs> yeah. when I have to run in the other room yeah. and teach a Zoom class. I'm like, can you finish this session for me, please? Actually, I have to be real. Every time Coach O has ever had me cover a class, nobody's showed up. So I really, I'm <laughs> Don't going take to, it personal. I'm, I am two for two of people. Of people oh. like, hey, Coach Sam, come on in, cover my class. And nobody Don't take it personal. Up. Because it's also happened to me, and yeah. I was like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, I thought they liked me. Yeah. Um, it's getting better. Now I'm six years in. Excellent. Some people do come. Roll but through. Yeah. yeah. So I want to touch a little bit first on who Orlando is, how we met, my perspective, and then I want Orlando to maybe talk about his perspective of when he first heard of who I was, because I'm always very interested if he remembers. You know, he's getting up there with age, so we want to make sure he's... He's remember no. Listen, forties. He's in the big four zero. Listen. Is it this year you're going to be forty? Uh, April. April. Yeah, we oh need to do boy. some big, sure. big party in the gym. Big old fiesta. I, Orlando has been the same age in my head for all the years I've lived here. So I literally have told people that Orlando's like thirty six, thirty five, thirty four for the last six years. So he's never aged. Yeah, he which, goes, he's got that Benjamin Button thing. I he he's really just going backwards. Like really. He's just sitting here shaking his head while we keep so we keep giving him compliments. <laughs> so let's do a little uh well first Orlando, hi. Hi. How you guys doing? How you doing, Orlando? Thank you for having me on. I, this is the hottest podcast in town. Hottest podcast I, I in town. I pulled all nighter listening to all, all the like four, uh first four in a row. I was like, I can't stop. So mm-hmm. I came in the next one. Casey, you got you're on something. This is amazing. So he, I am a little nervous, so I'm sure I'll warm up. He's a I kind of love it. Listen, Orlando's the best hype man you could ever have. He, I could roll in here looking like I just got ran over, and he'll be like, "How are you today? You're looking great. How you doing?" I'm like, or he goes the other way. He goes, Coach Casey. Yeah, he's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I love you." Yeah. So this is how our relationship started. So I moved from Pittsburgh to Rhode Island in 2014. 15, I believe it was. So about almost over five years now. And I remember leaving Pittsburgh, all my clients, all my family, all my friends, and literally starting from nothing, like had no contacts in Bristol, had no, literally no connection to Rhode Island. And I, it was a very big leap of faith because I left something super uh, super comfortable, super fluent. Like I was having clients. I was busy. I had athletes. I had fallen in love with training athletes. Like I was building my own business in Pittsburgh. And then my, at the time, my husband was my fiance. He found a job out here, both from Pennsylvania. We moved, he moved out here first. I just kept 
pushing back the date. I'd be like, yep, I'm going to move to Rhode Island. I'm coming. And then three months would go by. And then I'd be like, oh, nope, I'm coming. And then three more months would go by because these two, I think, understand as well. It was, it, <laughs> I hate to say this. My family was just joking with me over Thanksgiving about this. They were going to make me shirts that said clients over family because I literally, it was the hardest part for me was leaving my clients. It, as much as I love my family and I love my friends, that, that was something I knew was always going to be there moving and leaving my clients and my people and my athletes and these kids that are like my little siblings was way harder than leaving my family. And they know this. And so it literally, they're like, we're going to get you a shirt clients over family. Right. So I get connected with Dana, who's someone I have to have on the podcast. She was my first connection, followed me on Instagram, crazy world. I'll go into that a different time. I had one connection on my way here. I move here in a U-Haul, no connections, no job, no nothing. Did you drive the U-Haul yourself? Heck no. Yeah. Well, okay. Corey, Corey and I split. I drive when we drive. How panicked were you driving a U-Haul? Well. Was it like a big U-Haul? Or okay, was it listen. Like a little baby it was U-Haul? like a, it was like a decent, not a big U-Haul. I mean, we lived, we live on campus living, so I couldn't bring a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I, he moved, Corey moved out in a car, mm-hmm. filled the car. I filled a U-Haul when I moved out here because I weird, right? <laughs> I had a bunch of fitness, fitness stuff too. Like I had to yeah. bring like, cause I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I was like, I have to be bring equipment. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yep. We got stuck on a bridge in New York, running out of gas, middle of the summer, starts pouring down rain, turn the air conditioning off to try to put the windows down because we were running out of gas, stuck on the bridge. And literally you thought we would never, like, I thought we were going to push this U-Haul through the bridge. So we never go through New York anymore when we drive. I would have paid money to see oh, the level of panic. It's a horrible ensued. feeling. It really, really is. So I get out here. I want to say at the beginning, Dana helped connect me with some other soccer parents. And I started training some of their kids. That was like the first thing I did. Within like a week, I had a camp. Like I was like, all right, we're doing this. Connection, connection, connection. I'm all about connections. And... I want to say less than two weeks of me living here, I get a voicemail and (laughs) it's from a number I don't know. Obviously I'm still not used to the area code. I'm like, who's calling me? And I listen, I wish I still had this voicemail and I'm listening to the voicemail and it's Orlando's sweet voice. And he's like, Hey Casey, like my name's Orlando (laughs) and you have no idea who I am, but I know some of these soccer moms you've been talking to and I just have this gym up the street and like, I'd love for you to maybe come by and check it out. And like, we could talk about some things and blah, blah, blah. And like hangs up and I'm like, oh my gosh, there was not one ounce of fear in me as far as like, who's this random person calling me, telling me to come to this gym. (laughs) There was not, it was like instant, like this dude's good. Like the energy was just good. And so I remember like going to meet Orlando and we set up a box jump, like a wood box, right? As our desk, we like pull out the chairs and this we like. <laughs> big time meeting. He's pulled big that shit meeting. on me too. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is it. This is this it. Is this it. is it. This is it. So we like pull up and instantly I'm just like, I love this guy. Like his energy was so great. He obviously like you could tell everyone in the room, all his people just adored him. And our old place that we always say RIP, we love so much. But it was essentially a garage uh like a yeah. almost like a storage yeah, kind of situation. A, like a boat. What you know me use like a bay. That's what yes, a bay. bay. Fifteen hundred square footage. There's a big door and uh, and it was just full of freaking love and such an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, 
awesome, awesome vibes. And then that became my second home. That became my second home. We, I was filming all my content in there. We were working together. I was training my clients. I was training my athletes. I built my business. My, cause Orlando was so great in the beginning. Like I always am very, very passionate about being like, I own my own business. I've built this thing from the ground up. I, I want to continue to be my own boss and I just want to be an independent contractor. And he was like, that's what I'm looking for. Someone to come in and use this space. And that has become such an awesome partnership that we've had for almost six years now. Yeah. Like we've, I followed him to different places. We've gone different places, but I've always we've been trusted. cold. We've been in <laughs> rainy. We've been places Very that cold. were indoors, outdoors. We were just talking about this. So currently <laughs> it's December shit. and I've been working outside this week because our gym is currently shut down for another couple of days and it's 26 degrees. And I come in like the Michelin man, I'm like covered in so many layers. And I'm like, remember last year we were in this huge warehouse in between moving places. Two years ago now. Two years ago. Yeah. And Sam even said it was colder inside than it was outside. Well, it was also the, all the negative energy that was inside there, too. <laughs> yeah. It helped. It cold. <laughs> Make it real so cold. It was colder, it was colder <laughs> inside than outside. I was doing hip thrusts for my clients in a parka jacket, showing them how to do hip thrusts. Like, I have followed this dude everywhere. I trust wherever he leads me. He's always been, like, truly like a brother. He's like a brother. All three of us are just... One big happy triangle family here. And so now I kind of want to know about Orlando's two cents on when I came around. He's yeah. probably like, I don't remember. No, it was, it was summer. I remember, again, I'm trying to think back. It was five like June. Years. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was June. June. And Dana, I had, um, so it's really interesting because I had the Dana, who was the connection, was like, you got to meet Casey. You know, she's just amazing. Da -da. She just moved here. So that was kind of part of it. And, and it was the girls. And she was like, I want to, because it was Georgia. And she was mm -hmm. like, I want, she a role model for my girl. Bob Bob was like, yeah. And it's one of those things I've always, I think when we met, it was just, I've always thrived on uh, or looked for people that are just good energy, you know, people that you can kind of, and unfortunately with my uh, personality, sometimes <laughs> you can trust more than, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you might, I might have a, 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 trust more than I have to in a sense. But with you, man, and we've been in with Coach Sam, we've been, jamming and i even told joy getting ready for this because like, i don't know what these guys are gonna ah. what this is gonna be about <laughs> but i've been so lucky to have like three people and you talk about in the fitness industry a lot of people just think they're like the god to like they're the god's like they're like god is inside the gym and they walk around with so much ego and i think that's why the three of us vibe so much that we can kind of say you know we've just we appreciate our energy and we appreciate what our, what we're about and you can just see and it's one of those things that obviously like I love this. True to you chat. True to you chat. But, you know, as a trainer, it's a gut check because I was like, yo, this girl's a rock star. You know, like, I didn't, I don't think I even had a social media account back then, you know, mm -hmm. type of thing. And you're like, not podcasting back then, but you had your own blog, you're blogging, you know, you got more hits, you know, on, on, on your Instagram. And so I didn't even know what Instagram was back then. <laughs> but, so it can be intimidating, you know, but I've mm -hmm. always, I thought, you know, just from learning from other people, other mentors, to surround yourself with good people and smarter people than you and better people than you that as intimidating as can be, you grow from it and you learn from it. There have been plenty of times like I've said, I was like, my God, you know, Casey just, you, you just have to see all the things like just crushing it. But it always pushes as a trainer is pushed me to be like, to follow along, you know? And I think mm -hmm. we all kind of start to, you see what someone's doing, what are they doing? Well, and it's like, I got to step up my game. So it's always been fun, you know, to, I think, um, I have this thing that if you're not trying to, I can't say the word I'm thinking about, 
But if you're collaborating, <laughs> if you're collaborating, Sam's filling in the blanks if, for me. If you're you collaborating, well, if need well, be. It, it would be one of those things. So I always have this term, but as like in the animal world, well, we have we love dogs and uh, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Mr. Marley. Yeah, um, Marley. Uh, but we have dogs, and dogs try to show dominance by mounting the other dog. And I've always felt like if we're if I can surround with myself with people that are not trying to I'll do each other that we're just right. really trying to collaborate right, right. to make each other better. And that mm-hmm. was that same thing with Sam. I was like, oh my God, these guys are just crazy smart, man. I gotta, you know, and you start to kind of see your gifts and there's like a mirror that you kind of self-reflect and, and you're seeing people. So I've been really lucky to get around you guys. Well, it's funny. I was we mentioned this when we were talking to Jeff, and again, I don't know if this is coming before or after. We'll see. Doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> one way or another. Let me ask my editor. Hey, Casey. <laughs> um, is that Casey and Orlando bring something out of me? It, it's like almost like we're the yin to each other's yang. Mm-hmm. Like I have a tendency of just being like quiet, grump, grumpy cave troll sometimes. How I like, knew Sam for like four years. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you can't have a bad day with Orlando and Casey in the same room. It, it's physically impossible. There are days where I've had like I've had shitty days and Coach O knows, but like it's amazing the amount of energy transfer that we get, even being in the same room to facilitate the growth of our clients even better because like we're it's like we just get recharged, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something shit. I live an hour away from this place. Yeah, Sam drives an hour to hang out with us. More than most people that live three minutes away. Right. It's like why? Right? Right. It's like I get so much of that energy boost that that transfer and that, mm-hmm. that confidence in yeah. who I am and what I do based on the people I surround myself with. And it, it's definitely thanks to, especially you guys. Yeah. I mean, I met Orlando, it must've been four or five years ago. Yeah, it would have been where we met through a mutual time, yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, it's amazing to see the transformation over the course of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Orlando really got me into coaching really. Like he was, I was watching what he was doing with athletes. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's that's what I want to do. I was just mm-hmm. starting out mm-hmm. as a personal trainer, as a coach. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing Orlando with the big group of athletes and, like, seeing Casey in the gym on occasion, it was just like, oh, this is, like, yep. I don't know what this is, but I'm just going to keep hammering this direction <laughs> and figure this shit out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just think it's it's an awesome opportunity that I hope other people that listen to this, regardless of what uh, – you know, sort of business you're in or what you do for work, surrounding yourself with the positive, energizing people that bring the best out of you is the best way for you to progress in whatever it is you're doing. The only time I've ever gotten, I think, better at what I do is by being around other people. Absolutely. Because I feel like when, especially with someone like with the mind, like with me, I've always been like, all right, like you're your own boss. Like you got to put your nose down. You got to grind. You got to da, da, da. And sometimes in the world that we are all in, because we all, we all own our own thing. It's like, I sometimes get, forget that I, I can ask for help or I forget that it's okay to be like, Hey, can we collaborate on this? Or, Hey, whatever. Because I think you get in that mindset of like, I need to do this. I need to do this. Not because you don't want help, but because you get in the mindset of like, I have to pay my own bills at the end of the day. Like Mm -hmm. I have to provide for my family at the end of the day. Like you kind of are, what do I need to do? And the better, the most, the better that I have gotten as a trainer was when I first moved out to California and was surrounded by like 17 other amazing 
state of the art. That's not even what you say about humans, right? State, but it's like state of the art state humans. State of the art humans. Literally, I found myself getting so much better as a trainer because I was surrounded by people where I had to be like not only learning from them, but almost like you said, it's like a gut check. It's like, all right, like if they're like, they're doing that, that's freaking awesome. Like why, why am I not confident enough to do that? And then you start to do things that you once weren't confident doing, and then you're learning and you're growing. And Mm -hmm. so being, and now with Sam and Orlando, obviously Orlando first for so many years. And then Sam, obviously it's like, the energy is contagious and you're better like three heads are better than one. A lot of the time, especially in this industry when things are constantly changing and moving and growing. And also I find the energy that it brings is where, when you know it's good energy is like my clients will ask like where you guys are. Like (laughs) if they're like not here and they're usually here at that time, they'll be like, where's Sam? is Orlando, where's Orlando? You know, it's like, they want that energy in the room. Like when we're all back here vibing together, there's nothing better than that. Like our energy is through the roof. And then our client's energy then becomes through the roof. Yeah. And everybody's getting better the same. Everybody, everybody. So Orlando. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> this is like the most did, quiet did I I've give ever you the, what you were looking for you from so I was intimidated but by the for. same token I, you know I was like it just you could just feel it was just right um I thought I thought some people have described it in the best way that you're like this is kind of my sound weird, but the female version of myself and it's the way <laughs> yes. that we care about people yes. the way that we interact with people and the, so I thought it was uh Every yeah. time I would teach one of Orlando's classes where people came to them. Yeah, I don't know what that's I, like. <laughs> we joke. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Sam must smell or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, good thing we're like 20 feet apart. But yeah. I, uh, I would always start each class with, hi, I'm Casey. I'm like the female Orlando. Like I would always like every class I'd be like, I'm basically the female Orlando. Like, and that isn't, it's not like, that's a compliment to my, like yeah. to mm-hmm. myself. Cause I was like, I, I, the energy he brings is so awesome and then it's like i bring an energy but it's like a different energy and then sam brings an energy but it's a different energy like well, it's I, all right different. I, we're not so competing with one another for the classes i was gonna teach that yeah. nobody showed up i was going to say something similar like i'll be your orlando for today yes right like he but even it's showed just a person it's almost like outfit. a different personality trait like yeah. he is his own personality trait and it's like there is you can't even describe it because it's like electricity it's like electricity for soul. Essentially. Right? I'm, I'm digging or, this. Have me on more often. I know. <laughs> My head right now is about why, to blow up. Because we have to be true. This is also how I feel about Orlando. And then I want to get into who Orlando is. The shit we soul. hate about Orlando. Truly right? is. Yeah. The soul. So we're going to pull out the complaint box. Hey. <laughs> um, sorry, we just saw a friend. Um, but I, I always say Orlando could never hurt a fly. That dude this dude, that dude, this dude would never, ever hurt, try to ever hurt anyone's feelings ever. There has never been everyone that knows Orlando. Like everyone knows that, like everyone knows that about him. Like in town, everyone knows people that have never worked out with Orlando know who Orlando is. I'll be like, they're like, Oh, where do you train clients? And I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah." Uh, With Orlando. Oh, we know that name. Like we know who that is. Even if we've never trained with him, we know his reputation. So I just want to put that out there. You're freaking awesome, dude. And we're thankful to be in your presence. True. <laughs> so True. now I want to know. Let's, now let's I get into know. the so. <laughs> so let's get into it. No, I said there's no bad. It's like a compliment sandwich. There's, there's no bad dirt on this dude. Um, what I do want to ask Orlando is truly yes. how did, well, we know this, Sam and I, but Orlando's 
journey to being a trainer. I always love to know how people even got into what we do. But I guess for you, maybe give a little more about like who you are, your background, your sports, and what kind of got you into being yeah. the trainer that you are. Yeah, this is, this is great. This is a, <laughs> so um, I was born in Dominican Republic. You guys probably know that I came here when I was eight, turning nine. Came here March 4th, turning nine in uh, April 11th. April, now yep. we know, April, okay. Birthday, April 11th, yep. Um, but in uh, being Dominican, uh, my first love was baseball. Like to a certain, you know, you just like, you, you just. It's in your genes, man. Man, you just, and I was in love with it. You know, I was that was my first love and it just so strong. So because of my love for baseball, you see all the athletes in town and what they're doing. And now there was this guy that I'm always been a visual learner. Like I'll pick something like, oh, I like how they're going about things and I'll try to mimic that. So there was a guy that was, and he was just a stud. He was a stud shortstop in the town. Now, I, you know, I'm probably around six or seven at that age. And he would train and he would lift and he was jacked. You know, he was like just, and um, so like six or seven, I would tag along and run a mile or whatnot, training for baseball, because that's what we thought back then, running a mile just was Just run training. a mile. You know, running a mile was <laughs> for training. Most for most sports, that's what people think. And just people run a still mile. probably do that, you know. Yep. So, yeah, yep. Running is your training. So that was kind of the start of it um, was uh, for baseball. I wanted to try to be the best version of myself. And so I started working out and that's kind of how I got led into fitness. I have an older brothers. I have four brothers. Oh, I'm sorry. Three brothers and one sister. Uh, <laughs> sorry, brothers. And my, and sister. <laughs> yeah, sorry, so I just, sister. I just added brothers in there. <laughs> Sam. Uh, Sam's a brother. Yeah. So, be, uh, you know, so I, uh, my older, I was always tagging along with my oldest brother. And it was, um, he was uh, seven years older than me, and it was just one of those things, man, that I was always training. So I was in love with just not baseball, but also, like, the physical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. From there on, I knew, kind of fast forward a little bit, I knew that I, in high school, I wanted to become a teacher because I wanted to help. Part of my personality was I wanted to help and make a difference. So I'm thinking I can, you know, be a teacher and coach the baseball team or something like that. Through college, through that's a whole other other episode. <laughs> but the, the failure of baseball, mm -hmm. you know, which has a whole other component of the mindset. But I was always literally just training as with what I knew, training as hard as I could. Just I'll try to outwork people, um, giving it my all to try to big dream to try to be uh, at a pro level. So through baseball, I always had to. I wanted to uh, work really hard in the fitness industry. I was the last guy, first guy in the gym, last guy to leave type of thing. Then in between there was more out of rejections with a female that, mm. you know, teenage years. So now I got to pump myself up. So there's more working out. Mm -hmm. And uh, That is such <laughs> like a strong motivator. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it was, you know, it was, it was the self-esteem going through that yeah. whole phase. But by the time I was somewhat done with college, the, our baseball coach was like, hey, man, you want to come back and help out? with our baseball team, I was like, well, I, I don't have a career set in a sense of, uh, so it's like, if he's our coach, I might be able, God, I could, I could coach baseball for a living. So that's when, the, so that was a big part of it that I was going to come back and coach. And then our strength and conditioning coach there, Pete Anderson, which I love, he's actually in Pennsylvania now. Okay. Um, he was like, Hey, you're my guy. You've been, you know, come back and help me out. And that was kind of, I got a part-time job the next year, opening a gym opening a Bally's in Hamden, Connecticut. Oh, yeah, Bally's. So, so it was more, <laughs> let me open up a gym to make extra money because I was always hustling around. Let me yeah. make extra money first thing in the morning, 5 a.m., 
by the time, uh, you know, then I'll go and report to the uh, to coach baseball. But I started seeing the trainers. I was like, geez, man, these guys are doing pretty well. They're selling what? This package? <laughs> so I was like, and I can just endlessly, you know, make as much as I want if I work all day long, which was the idea. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which so is the surefire way to burn out. But but was, yeah. And then I remember just sitting there at 5 a.m. and, you know, opening up the gym. I was like, wait a minute. I always wanted, I went to school to try to become a, a teacher. I can just teach people how to lift. I can teach people how to be healthy. And boom, that was a marriage. I'm going to teach people how to be, live a healthy, uh, healthy life. Which is so ironic that so many of us, I feel like, come from a teaching background. Like Sam was counselor in mm -hmm. a school. Yep. I was a phys ed major and a phys ed teacher in a school. Like, and it's amazing how so many of us go into teaching and then you, you realize what you can do with that. And I think that nowadays people are seeing that more as like, Teaching doesn't just mean you have to be in a school setting. And that was my revelation when I just graduated because I had fallen in love with fitness. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be in a school all day, every day, because I did it. I was a sub. I did the whole thing. You know, I was, I was in, I call it the, the phys ed, like the dungeon. You're like underneath the ground with no windows where your office is. Like, there's always like cinder blocks. Yes, cinder yeah. blocks. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that every, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it, but it's like, it wasn't, an, to me, I'm such a free bird. I liked how you said you go from thing to thing to thing. I like to be able to the freedom of being like going out and going in and going out and going in. And it was always like, we are always have that teacher in us. And for it to come out in the way that it does now as a trainer, it's a, if you cannot teach, it's the thing you do as a trainer. You are teaching people how to move through these movements. Education through movement. 100 percent wow. boom boom wow Sam. i bet you that's already like trademarked but that's that's dang good well, we'll see <laughs> we'll see or start a new business I'll, oh uh, yeah for sure so i have a good question for orlando two things actually i'm pulling out of what you just said but one i'm curious because we train a lot of kids right a lot of athletes as a younger a younger orlando um did you and be honest do you yeah. feel that you had a lot of natural ability or did you have to like, were you the kid that had to work so hard to be one of the best? Like, did you feel like naturally? This yeah, this is very interesting because I have a perception of from Me the too. outside and Me I would too. love to hear what the I reality feel like, is. Yeah. So I want to know if Orlando and be honest, like, did you, cause there are kids, we train kids that you just look at and you're like, okay, they're like, oh, naturally. Man, been, yeah, or the other way where you're like, uh, and you've wow, gotta, that's you've cool gotta, two left feet you have there. You've got to like, put some work in. Right? Yeah, right. But I've, I just am curious where Orlando fell in this category. So it is, it is awesome because it, it. the truth is at one point I had natural ability, right, to be able to like throw a ball. But it was almost, it's almost like I wanted to be a, a, a sprinter, but in reality I was a, a, maybe a 600-meter runner. Mm. So, you know, a, a short sprint is completely different than having that mid-range. 100%. So I, it, it, I, I didn't have the power. I didn't, you know, I, so I was good. But then, of course, there was other things lacking. Part of that was more my mental game because mm. base was such a failure that I think if I had what I know now about self-esteem and confidence, that could have been a big developer into what, you know. So, I mean, I, I could throw, I maybe, you know, not the best eyesight, but contacts can kind of, but I think it was more the mind that I started to, the same thing that made me work so hard. So that's kind of part of the story is the same, mm -hmm. that chip on your shoulder that was like, you're not good enough. 
eventually became reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that it just knocked you down when 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 at one point or another I needed to switch. Work hard because you are good enough. It needed to mm-hmm. kind of go from not being good enough to like, you're the man. So all that, you're the man that, but you know, so that was a big, so I was good, you know, nothing crazy, but I always knew that I needed, I was, uh, I believe in hard work and hard work pays off and I'm going to try to do to my best of my knowledge. But it was really the, the story was the, the, that motivation of not being good enough. Then eventually you, you, you beat yourself up enough that you beat yourself down. So I hit a point that, man, not good enough. I wasn't good enough. I was so mentally and my confidence was so low mm-hmm. well adding to that failure because baseball you're failing you know god if you're if you're failing se- uh 70 percent of the time mm-hmm. you're in the hall of fame you're in the hall of fame you know 30 oh, you're, you're, wow. you're hitting 300 so now you're two out of ten right right you know what right. happens when you go one out of ten right yeah, which you will you, uh, Right, which is now now you're struggling. You have now a as soon as you give yourself that, like, hey, I'm in a hitless streak. Now you're just facilitating that farther and farther and farther. And then you you pack on that. This is your love. This is your. This is what you want. This is not you know. We want nothing more than to to you know yeah. succeed. And then because we're pleasers, let's say we want to please people. Then you want to do good for your coach. You want to do this and man, and you're just constantly coming up short. That's the reason 100% that I didn't play soccer in college because I I'm a much better player now than I was then because of the confidence that I have in myself now. Like I'm 31, I'm not going for on signing on any teams anytime soon, but I play better now because there's like I I I just train better first of all and I have more confidence. And I remember like being like I could never play soccer in college because I'm not good enough. These girls that played on my high school team that went to wherever, oh my God, they're so much better than me. I'm not at that level. And I tell my girls all the time, all the girls I train now, I'm like, I the reason I didn't play in college is because I didn't believe in myself. Mm. My ability, I was quick. I was naturally fast. Mm. I didn't have to work really hard at being mm. fast. That's just where my dad was the same way. Yeah. We're genetically yeah. on that side. Yeah. But I didn't have a lot of the foot skills that yeah. the girls that played above me did. And so I had to work my butt off to be able to do that kind of stuff. And so, but the confidence was so lacking for me. And that's why I did track instead because I thought I could almost like blend in. I was like, I don't, I can blend in and track. Like if I'm not that good at it maybe right now, like I'm, they're not going to really notice, right? Yeah. But what's funny is that Orlando was just mentioning how he felt as if he wasn't good enough. Like if I look at you now. Oh my God. Like objectively. Uh, like if you were to say, Hey, if you were what you, this is what you look like in college. I'd be like, okay. Like he's a stud athlete. Like, you, like I was bigger. How, so think about yeah, right now, I'm rolling on 155 in college. I was running around 170, which is, which at that time, baseball was a different animal when like you were playing mm-hmm. and when I was playing. Like the t- the top level baseball athlete does not look the same as they do now, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like different attributes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were what you were, <laughs> like this, how you're created now in terms of your power, your speed. You said you were like a six hundred meter. I say that's bullshit. Yeah, I like you are the power athlete for baseball. Right. Like that explosiveness, that agility, that ability to produce force quickly is baseball. So, Which is so fucked. So here's, here's, here's a great part for us trainers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't start training like this until I was probably 
24. Amen. Me <laughs> which too. Which is probably, which mid, is like, you right. know, that's when I, Me when too. you said, so now you go from high school doing bodybuilding workouts all the way through college, almost doing bodybuilding. Well, that's bodybuilding. what baseball was. It was just like, it, all right, just bench more. Yeah. So it was benching. Think about it. it wasn't no squatting. You weren't doing plyometrics. You weren't introduced to any like agility work and stuff like that. No. I played football to try to kind of get that a little bit and hang out with, with the guys and have something to do in the fall. But my last two years, and that was a whole other thing. He used to call me the flash. I wish I had the knowledge of it because it was, you know, right. I just wanted a good workout and get, right. you know, practice. And but right. it was, uh, and my mom right. being a trainer, she would constantly be, and, and she didn't really train, I want to say like athletes, but you still have the knowledge of like, okay, we could move this way to get better on the field. We, she would constantly be like, you got to get stronger, Casey. Because I, I just ran and I ran and I ran and then I would go do track and we would run and run and run. I, I, we, and we had some amazing coaches. We did a little bit of agility in soccer. My mom would come in and we'd set up the ladders and we would do stuff like that. But like, it wasn't specific really. It was just like, Hey, let's get, let's do something different other than running. Cause all we did was run. Right. And then it was like with track our workouts were running and yeah. I love my coach. And he was brainiac when it came to like skills. Cause I was a hurdler. So we had some awesome drills and stuff for that, but we weren't doing any strength. And so now I think why we love what we do so much is because we all say, I tell my kids all the time, if I would have started doing this when I was your like, age, holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, what what could I have been? Because, damn, like, I feel better now than I did then. Like, mm. I used to die at the end of my races. Like, I used to be like, <gasps> my mom would be like, you know, if your upper body was stronger. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, mom. Yeah. Like, she, no, but she just, knew. If just hand upper, me the orange slices. Yeah, just yeah. hand me the orange. That was my favorite part. That was my favorite part. But <laughs> during, like, a track, you know, 400 meter, I ran. And I would die at the end because I had no, nothing to carry me through. My legs gave out, and that was it. I didn't have any upper body. So yeah. it's just amazing why we are so yeah. passionate about yeah. training these athletes now and being like, if you could just like, if I did what you did, oh, yeah. or you're doing right and, now, oh my god. And it's, it was so crazy too that I, if I probably just naturally let myself, if I didn't train and work as hard as I did running miles and bodybuilding workouts, I probably would have naturally been so much more. My natural abilities would have probably been the speed and the jumping. But I basically flattened those out by doing yeah, just so many miles. It was miles. almost you were like buffering your yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So I, you're like, hey, you know, you know, I'm just gonna move slower. Think about it. If <laughs> yeah. Indoor track. So I used to do, you know, for now I'm doing indoor track, and I would just go workouts, work, go for and distance. run. You just go and run miles, and then you show up and you try to sprint, you know, and then you're wondering, God, there's other teams. Why like, am I getting slow? You get slower and yes. slower, and literally that's what would happen. That progression by the time I'm a senior, you became slower because your natural ability that you had when you were 14, 15. Now you've put, you know, three years of long distance running on that mm -hmm. for someone that's trying to be more power. So crazy. Yeah. But I want to, my second thing I picked yeah. out of what Orlando had said before was the failure. And I think that we, all of us could write down multiple things that we failed at into what has brought us to who we are now. And as much as like, oh, there was a quote the other day, I wish I could remember it, but it was basically about your failures are your story. Like your failures are where you, you, you climb back out of and what makes you a better person. So Orlando, let's touch on, you keep bringing it up. You kept saying this failure is chip on the shoulder. Like, what is that? What does this, this, this specimen of human Orlando, mm. just so everyone out there who doesn't like know Orlando, army ant. literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> his calves have like more veins than a roadmap. His like more lines in a roadmap. His arms are jacked. Like literally, he is looks looks like we were saying. It's like you're a you're a freaking stud athlete. Like that's what he is. Orlando. Like I would be if like if you Orlando, showed up to tryouts and you're like, hey, I want to play shortstop. I'd be like, 
Good. You're in. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah. we're curious. Like all of us have that story. Like that's what makes us true to true to yourself. Like what has what have you gone through? What what was it? What was it? Yeah. Listen, I can go back to a timeline. I can. I was trying to think about come, what's my story. You know, uh, as I, I'm to, true to you, chat. I'm He's thinking preparing hey, man, for the yeah. podcast I'm like, last I'm night. Like, what's go, you might what's be the only here? person to have ever prepped. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out because the problem is with me. I can talk, but it can be very. My thoughts can go very random all we over the place. We know you? that, and that's why no we way. love it. So, um, <laughs> you know, for me, when I think back with it, my my story of like, what's my story of you know, this obsession with success? which means that at one point or another there, there's been this progression. And I think back a timeline when I was about six or five, maybe even younger, right? And that was more the seed of like, this would be, it might take a turn here. But <laughs> it was a thing. And you have, you know, you're, you're the youngest. I'm the youngest out of my siblings. And they're just playing around. They're calling you a crocodile because, you know, I, my head was always bigger than my body at that point. So, you know, that's, you're just playing around. Hey, you're a crocodile. You look like a crocodile. Nothing crazy, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing harmful. Everyone's having fun. Right. Well, when now you're 13 and you get the first rejection, maybe you like someone and you kind of, the girl doesn't like you. You're like, oh, geez, man. Well, maybe I She's do. She's not into crocodiles. Like, yeah, maybe I do have this weird thing about, you know, oh, you're looking at yourself. So that self-esteem. So think about Seven, th uh, 13, then the other thing that happened around that age was I started comparing myself. That voice came alive. So whatever program had happened when I was, you know, a baby all the way up to now you're 14 and my natural baseball abilities that I could, you know, was always like top at everything. Now I'm comparing myself. All the other kids are hitting the ball harder. And he's, and that's that part of like, well, you need to work harder and you need to kind of, but it's, 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 it was more out of like that not being good enough of that, like, God, they're doing a better job than me. And I'm like comparing myself and one up all the way to then. Now you go into high school and school was this schoolwork was a mess. I have just <laughs> school again. I, I'm, I'm a believer. With you on that, so. like, I didn't excel in school. Oh, but I just, yeah, had, I, was, you know, I, had, I was just enough. But then with you guys, like, let's say better foundation. So I have a bad foundation. I came in and I was, so when you're third grade, finishing up to fourth grade, whatever, in VR, but you, I wasn't reading. I, there was nothing. So now when you come over to U.S., for me, because my love was more physical, running around, right. I'm not doing any. You're now, by the time you're in sixth grade, seventh grade, you're just trying to learn English. So you think about now from, like, third grade in DR, that's nothing. Sixth grade, seventh grade, and I'm getting good grades, but ultimately, like, not really, like, you're so far behind. So now you go into a, a, a private school, and I'm getting by on charisma, man. I'm kind of – and now my first couple of years, I did get good grades because I was, like, trying, but as it got harder and my habits weren't as good, I didn't keep up with it, um, I basically didn't prep myself for college. And um, in college, right, and even when I tried, as things got more difficult, I just wasn't ready for the schooling. And on top of that, baseball, at this point, I follow my buddy to – Southern Connecticut, my parents weren't, like, they weren't into recruiting. My parents, because just the way they were with work, they weren't showing up to games. It just culturally wasn't even a thing, you know, like, what we think about, like, our typical American um, high school experience, when your parents are coming from another country, they don't, get out of here. They got, you know, this yeah. high school going to a dance and stuff like that. Yeah. And being the youngest, my siblings had gone through, and they were, it was never that type of thing for them. So for me, that was another thing. I'm coming in with kind of, thankfully, 
uh, you know, I was almost adopted, let's say, with my buddy TJ and his family. The Mahoney's are my second parents. So they kind of took me over when I was 13 at a, at a doubleheader. Now my dad doesn't know that you got to stick around. So now I'm playing <laughs> AU, the first AU team. Dad leaves. Yeah, it's a doubleheader. Dad doesn't know. You, you, you go to the field for this AU team. And uh, well, it's, it's halfway through. You got to go and get a bike. Are long. Double header. I was a and it's always like a hot Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, so now my dad's gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm here at the field. All the parents are going off. They even have a lunch bag, but they were going to go. And the Mahoney's are like, hey, bud, come with us. Go, go to, uh, they're going to go to, went to Burger King. So they took me to Burger King. And I've never eaten a burger before. You're now 13? I'm 13. Yeah, because being, you know, you're... See, that's how he just, gets so vascular. You know? <laughs> no. He's never oh, had I made full of sugar. Life. My fat-ass American <laughs> no, no. ass was over here. Just <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, Dominican, <laughs> I'm drinking juice. I'm drinking like a pound of sugary juice and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So the Dominicans were... But it was one of those things, you know, it's such a culture shock. that now I'm a burger and all I can order is fries, you know? Yeah, so at 13, and they just, if you think about 13, now you're going into like your... your uh, Teenage years with self-esteem is such a. But I'm just trying to like one my accent now. My buddy TJ, boy, you want stories? I'm sure you're here. <laughs> you talk about accent, so you have the accent to go along with the self-esteem issues. You know, my family is so much different than everyone else's. Then I'm now, which was a blessing to get around AU because they exposed me to a whole different world. You know, which is kind of what has led me to where I am now. So yeah, so that was. Failures of comparing yourself, you get to high school, you went to college, still with all hopes and dreams, and and just at that point, man, it was uh, the failing in baseball in college. I, I think once I was done with college, I realized the depression that I must have been in. If I was really mm. to to love something so much and then not succeed, I, I tore my ACL because I was probably, you know, that was that summer. So before I tore my ACL that summer, I was in the best shape ever. The year before, there was a scout that says, oh, I like the way you run. I'm running. We're running the 60. I tell the guy, I'll come back faster. You know, we had a scout day. I was like, I'll come back faster next year. Trust me, I'll be able to, you know. And not that my hitting was okay at that point. Fielding, I was pretty pretty confident. I was pretty smooth on the field. Um, but, man, that year, so this next year, this scout was coming in to, not that I would ever maybe gotten a chance, but the guy just liked the way I ran, da-da-da. Come back that year, I'm in crutches. Because on the last game of the season, I tore my ACL. Now, that uh, summer, I had gone I just, crazy I, yeah. driving to the beach whenever I could to do, like, sand workouts. Now, you know, now I'm sprinting. I've gone. So that summer, I'm thinking, I got to drop my time, man, into something respectable. And, and I train for it, and boom. So guy comes back that October, scout day. I'm in crutches. And never that, but that was it. And then that, now, unfortunately, I love Cochet, who was my baseball coach at Southern. And that process, now I'm hurt. I got to repair, you know, go through uh, go through uh, rehab. Heading into the year, I was going to be the starting second baseman, pretty much. My buddy Tyler would have been the shortstop that was being recruited to come in. Now I'm, I got a bum knee. I work myself like crazy. Lose my job, of course, because I wasn't ready, even though I thought I was. So now I lose my starting position, uh, go through all that, and, you know, and like my MO, man, I was like, I, I, I knew that it wasn't where I started, it would be where I finished. So by the end of the season, I am playing. But if you think about your junior year of your college career, you lose your job, 
rightfully so. I love crochet. You know, I wasn't in, but you know, you pile that on with, man, it was a, Coach O was, I had to do some rebuilding. So you got injured your, the junior year. Going into year. my junior going year. Going into junior year, but you were yeah. able to play that season, but you just weren't. So I had my surgery in October. Okay. So then November, oh, December, January, time. I got to be ready. Oh. Three months. So yeah. I'm hobbling along at, at tryouts. Because that's uh, just, not a lot of time for ACL. No, because we had, yeah, we went back mid-January. Wow. Our season, we're going to, I think that year we went to uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Amazing stories, oh, my buddy Tyler. I love Hawaii so uh, much. <laughs> but we went out then. Where even that stunk because we were playing on the old Hawaiian like turf field where they play the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So it was the worst thing for my knee. And I'm trying to hobble along and, you know, trying my best. And it was uh, so, yeah, just wild. So, but that, you know, and now you're sitting on the bench and you and then you just see it. You can see that this is wow. Like, and again, I was able to get back on there and start. And but it was no longer that going into senior year. And now, literally, just because you know, it, it's so funny. I believe that certain areas of our life we might struggle, but then there are other things that we all, we all have geniuses about us. We have gifts about us. But then right behind that, there might be something that's like. You know, like work hard, really hard, but then maybe your confidence is really crappy. Or it might be you might be hiding it behind some self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Then I'm going into senior senior year. Like this is it, and you know you're not in the starting line. And it, it, it just it was it was hard. You know, yeah. it was a rebuild. Let's put it this way: when I was done after that year coaching, I went back and coached. Um, don't have. Uh, I have to basically restart, start from scratch because whatever I did in school, my GPA, I don't even want to say it was, you know. What was could, higher, your GPA or your uh, 60 time? Oh, boy, I tell you. <laughs> oh, between, my, between my GPA and my batting average, yeah. they were very close. <laughs> not good. You know, you know what? I wanna, I, you know what? Do you remember good. what your 60 time was that year before you? The year yourself? that I did it, we did it on grass. On a literally, it'd be on a. It was the. It had just rained the night before, and it yeah. was a seven flat, on like really bad conditions. I would love, yeah, for you to do it again. Time your sixty now. All right, like, let's go. Put well, the mics down. Let's go. Yeah. No, no, I'll be. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean, we I gotta think, get my hamstring up to that point, but yeah. it wouldn't be. But no, but I be. genuinely believe if you were to hit, floating around that seven, like yeah. still. Oh no, it would have been like, yeah. still. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, no. I think that oh, let's do like was. an Olympic day and just it like was, uh, oh, yeah, all pull our hammies at the same yeah, time. Man, what a, what a rebuild. Rip something yeah. off the bone. <laughs> 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 rip something off the bone. Yeah, so Coach O, it was, uh, you know. So I have a question about yeah. this is, so yeah. you keep saying your dreams. And so yeah. what what was your dream? Like why, why did was it? Was it professional baseball? Oh, yeah. I, I'm a believer that you got to shoot for the star. You got to yeah. go. It was I want to be a pro baseball player. Did um, anybody that you played with play professionally? Uh, yeah, there were a couple guys actually drafted, and even uh, there are people at Southern were really signed to get make a name for ourselves. Coche did a great job building the program, which is as an athlete at that level is yeah. tough because yeah. then you start to compare yourself to those athletes yeah, and being like, fucking better than them. Yeah, no, yeah, you're talking, you know, <laughs> you know? A, D, a good D2 program, and it was, uh, and he had really built it up to a point that we can compete down south, which back then in oh, 2000, please. it was, yeah, uh, make so it was there. good, but yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. And then just terrible habits. You know, at that point, looking back, you, you think that, like, you pile that on with trying to, you know, looking back, trying to numb your brain. So mm-hmm. one of the things that you guys probably don't even know. Uh-oh. Dude, I was super addicted to freaking video games. Yeah. 
So mm. I was like just terrible. That was that was my way of like numbing my brain, yeah. taking like away pain. Strategy, it was right? my coping strategy. So from listening to your pack, from listening from your shows, mm-hmm. for me it, at that point it wasn't food. It was it was my coping mechanism was like drown myself in video games and ignore everything. Wow. You know, just 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 you know. Did you find you? got into that after that junior year or more after the senior year like what it was it more leading get... up to it because never had a console at home so i'll yeah. play at my buddy tj's house because and, and to this day joe and i joke around that i could never own a, a some kind of set because we'll be afraid that i'll go back there yeah i'm beyond <laughs> it but part of it yeah it was more of a coping mechanism one i never had it when i was a kid let's say so through high school i'll play at my buddy tj's but in college when i looked back i was like man that was i was just Using that as a coping mechanism. Mm. So you hide away. Part of it, Miss Joy was here. Uh, Joy and I have been together since high school. Yes, his Joy life. Is, oh, we yeah. love Joy. Joyous. Yeah. Joyous. Yeah, when I, uh, oh. when I enjoy, <laughs> normally when you call, I, I say Joyous. 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 So it's, uh, so it's, uh, we but, always know who he's talking to. They, so to piggyback off that, and this yeah. is, I think something really important too for our audience as far as like our athletes that we train and everything, something that, it's it's actually a really similar situation. Like even when I was, you know, quote unquote, stopped athletics more so just for fun and then got into bodybuilding and did a couple shows and whatnot. And then everyone kind of, I've told my story before on that, but I, when you're done with something, it's the after of when you are closing a door. And I remember like for me, obviously mine was more like food and I didn't know how to not control my food anymore. And I had no plan and I was just spiraling because I didn't know what to do next. And then it's over and you, I've been an athlete my whole life and what am I going to do? And I think that it happens for so many of us, like all of our athletes, my girls to this day will be like, I can't even imagine my life without soccer. Like, how do I just wake up one morning and it's over? It that is something like my other friend, Sam, my, my girlfriend, Sam, she is a, a therapist and she, oh, like that's something her and I want to do is like talk about that post athlete life. Like how do we transition into using that fuel that we have as athletes? Cause it's an awesome thing we have inside of us. Like we have this intensity that nobody can take away. It comes out um, never mm-hmm. to this day. My dad would probably race me down the driveway, even though his hip would probably pop out because he, that is always in us. Like that is always in us. And I think that for you, what was it like to transition out of, obviously we're getting a picture of it now with like you went into video games and tried to numb your brain, but like, what was that like for you to leave to kind of realize like, all right, this chapter's closed. What am I going to do now? So listen, so now I got to go home. I, at one point or another, I'm thinking I'm going to stay in Connecticut. Coach Anderson had gotten a job, a strength conditioning coach took another job. He's like, Hey, you got your personal, he was like, go and get your personal training. So he was like, go and get your personal training degree. Uh, or certification, come down and work with me at this incredible top-notch gym. Like, this is before, so this is 2004. Gyms didn't even have med balls. Like, you didn't no. have functional training rooms. I walk into this place in Greenwich, here. Connecticut. I'm thinking, like, you know, and it was, a, so this is where I got part of my idea of what CA was, like, this one-on-one facility. Mm. It was incredible, gorgeous. One trainer, one client. You know, in this huge facility, so there were multiple trainers, but that was it. It wasn't open to people. It was in, uh, it had everything. And I told Joy, Joy, uh, I think I'm going to take this job and start. She's like, you stay in Connecticut, it's over. Mm. <laughs> this is after, you know, so she said, that was it. <laughs> that was it, man. I was like, so now I got to come back to Rhode Island, you know, in Pawtucket. And I got I to gotta make something of myself. I knew personal training. I went put the same kind of habits I had before of studying, 
failed the first time I took the test because I was terrible habits of studying. I said, dude, you got to change it around. So at that point, once I knew the baseball career is over, I got a, I coached that year, it's gone. I was like, I always had this mantra from early on that I, you could drop me off at any island and I'll survive. Mm-hmm. It was kind of what happened when I went to college. I was like, well, my buddy TJ got recruited to play football there. I was like, dude, I'll follow you along. I'll make the team. I just always had that mindset. Wherever you drop me off somewhere, I'm going to survive. I'm going to survive. I love that. And I'm only going to improve. And I've always said it. Like, wherever I am, I'm only going to get better because I'm a rep person. And that's unfortunate with school. When it came to writing or whatever, that's a whole other ball game. But <laughs> it, I always knew I could get better. And even with that, I've overcome stuff like that that before. Boy, I would, you put me in front of a computer, I would just freeze. Even to this day wow. sometimes. Like, if I go in front of a computer, I would just like, Joy Joy has amazing stories. But <laughs> I knew that I can... I can get better. And even to this day, I've, I've still saw 22, man. I'm like, all right, pass my test. I'm going to start personal training. And I was like, yo, I got I, I to gotta turn it around. I read Mike Boyle's book because mm. he was training athletes. I knew I wanted to train athletes. It was his first mm-hmm. functional training book. And in the back of that book, so here's a little thing started to put. In the back, he had a reading list. Mm. Now, um, listen, I just didn't complete college, but I just right. went through a lot of years of college. Right. right. <laughs> I read my first book. Okay. Can you imagine that? So now I make it through all my stuff. Now I'm a personal trainer. I was like, yo, this is it. I'm going to be, I got, I go through Mike Boyle's book at the back of the book, a reading list. One of the things Mike Boyle said, readers are leaders, somewhere along the lines. I pick up, I go and get Brian Tracy's book called Goals. I read Brian Tracy's book and that changed my life. Wow. That is from 22 on 23 reading Brian Tracy's gold book. And I, for the first time in my life, I remember being upstairs in my parents' uh, bedroom and doing my goals for the first time, not being afraid that part of in the past dealing with that, when your self-esteem is messed up, you're not going to put goals because you're already, you've been failing. So I was like, what what are you? So I remember doing my goals for a time. And I remember just reading his book and finally like the the ceiling went off. I was like, I don't have to be limited because I'm thinking, be a teacher, make 30000 a year. Exactly. I'm all set, whatever it may be at that point. Mm-hmm. And it just blew the lid off, man. I was like, you can you can tap into this unlimited power that God made you with all these gifts and you can tap into That was it, man. So I remember writing my goals for my first time upstairs in my parents. And from there, that was it, man. Sky's the limit. I, I started literally reading or listening to audios. That was the other thing. They told me that you, you want to get ahead? Listen to audiobooks. So from 23 on, living in Providence, commuting to Pawtucket, then eventually bought a house in Pawtucket. When we got from Pawtucket to Bristol for all those years, Coach O listens to audiobooks and it's changed my life. Because at, th- at that point, I knew that chip, I knew I had to do some serious coverage of ground. Well, you know? that chip, right? So I'm a firm believer that everything will have a logical conclusion at some point. Yeah. But there is a distinct difference between people that have had the logical conclusion that they think is going to happen versus something that's been ripped from their from their grasp, right? Mm-hmm. Like your athletic career, your baseball career was literally ripped out of your hands with an injury, yeah. right? So that fire, that sort of fight that you have mm-hmm. is something that is developed through that, mm-hmm. essentially that forging process, right? So... Mm-hmm. For an athlete that's like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is the end of your college career. You didn't make professionals. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Yeah. That's that's to be expected. But when you're like, all right, I have two more years to do this, bang, blow out a knee. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, that's when you're really tested. Right? And my chances of making, the truth is, it no, was nowhere sure. near. But well, no one's yeah, yeah, chances yeah. are super yeah. great. But at the yeah. same time, if yeah. you're expecting another year and a half, two years, yeah. and it's like, nope, it's done today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's like, oh, like I didn't yeah. prep for this. No one ever prepares yeah. to fail, yeah. right? The idea is to just fail fast. And you, and you know what's so <laughs> interesting? That like thinking back, like again, I, I was in my sophomore year, that guy, now it's interesting how God put pieces in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So that scout, just him saying that, like I probably, because stats-wise, nowhere near. There were guys that was way better. So it wasn't even, but the fact that he wanted to come back that year and see me run again. I'm thinking, I'm going to go crazy. I'm, I'm going to work, so I'm going to push every car. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. jump. Go. It, it, but it, it, when it puts the story together, to have the, the knee and then like almost like a deeper depression in a sense, but it... it uh. It was just enough, man, to when I think back of my life, uh, the way it has played together, it led me to like, wow, I, to be able to, that drive to get better. And I always said it's gone from being, you know, like in a stadium to then now there are other goals of like what success is to me and that passion for success or the transition from an athlete to a regular person, let's say, is that you still have that drive and you still have, you know, the hard work pays off, you know, that it just... It just just like reps with taking a swing. I'm only gonna get better, mm-hmm. you know. But the more I practice here, I'm like, I'll figure it out and I'll get better, and I'm only gonna keep heading up in the direction that I'm looking for. But it's funny that the idea of like, ah, I'm not in the stadium the way I thought I would be. But you could still technically find your way into that stadium. Uh, there's a new at stadium a different, mm-hmm. at a different level. There's a different right? stadium. A new now. stadium. There's Especially a new stadium. even as a coach, yeah. if you helped yeah. an athlete get yeah. to that stage, yeah. you're there, man. Yeah, like that's. Yeah, it, you're yeah. helping somebody fulfill a dream yeah. or fulfill their goals. Like that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and, and I think when I think back is is when you take the pieces of baseball, it was more of a quest for success. So now it becomes more like, well, it wasn't that wasn't where it was meant to be, but there's still this desire of like mastering your yourself, mastering the person that I am, mastering to be at peace. I always said, you know, to get mm-hmm. peace, I find the the five balls that we're juggling are gonna be like spirituality. Uh, it's going to be emotionally, physically, financially, and uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So some one of those is going to drive you peace. So, you know, baseball is just uh, – but now is like finding peace in those areas. So the stadium is a different stadium to get to that point and oh what gosh. that looks like. I, one of my favorite quotes is um, bloom where you're planted because I always feel mm. like I have been planted in, like you said, like mm. you can be planted anywhere mm. and be okay. Mm. And I think that sometimes I, I need people from the outside perspective to like remind me of that because mm. sometimes we get so into what we're doing as entrepreneurs and running our own thing and doing whatever that we don't realize how special we actually really are. And like sometimes like I'll be like, oh, I can't do this because I won't have any connections or whatever. And then someone's like, are you kidding? You went to... Rhode Island, you knew nobody, and look what you've been able to do the last five years. Like, so I think that I love that you said that because I feel like so many of us as trainers, we have to wear so many different hats, and to in order to honestly, well, to to make ends meet, really, it's like you've got to get creative. And my mom says this. My mom's been a trainer since I was born, so thirty years in this industry. How different it was thirty years ago. Oh my goodness. But it all started with a book for her, with Todd Durkin. And then from there, I got the book. And then from there, I was like, oh, these, is, these, these things he's talking about are kind of cool. Why does my mom like this guy so much? And then it started like a whole thing for me. And I was like, oh, there's something in this industry that I didn't even realize existed. And so my mom, you know, she always says, she's like, 
I, you know, we'll go to a conference for like, and there's 30,000 trainers, you know, and there's that, that generation that's like my mom's generation. And they look at people like my generation and they're like, oh my God, the, the, the even idea of starting a Facebook page, like we're doing sessions on how to start a Facebook page for yourself because my mom does, my mom literally horrible. We didn't do it over Thanksgiving, but she's like, Hey, I need to start a Facebook page. Can you help me? Cause they, so-and-so told me it was a good idea to at least have somewhere. Cause she doesn't have a website, but it's like somewhere someone could go to, to get information about, cause she's still training people. She's amazing at what she does. Like she has 30 years of experience. Like it's amazing. So we are constantly wearing different hats and we constantly get put in positions that are brand new for us and we just make it work like we have that in us like how many times have we I've gone somewhere I'm like all right I got hired to do this thing and I'm showing up I've never been there before I don't know the people I have 40 people I have to be in front of how do I make this work and then you're done in the blink of an eye and you're like well shit I guess I'm okay at what I do like and that's like over and over again those things happen and we're like all right I'm meant to be in the place that I'm in and and I think it going with like your name, I love the name True to You Chats, right? Because part of it with being a trainer to really last for this not to be just a hobby is you have to find all these different like pieces of yourself. So like I'm always studying within these like, you know, the five things that I mentioned because people are coming to you. So now you have a responsibility. So is that, that right. constant that like, I have to, be, you know, you have to be good at so many different little things in a sense, the way you communicate with them. I mean, you're sitting for a session. Most of those sessions are more like a a good discussion, a good mediation with what's yeah. going on in their life. And you you become a life coach even without having that title. But you, mm-hmm. ha- you, And then what I found now heading into 40 that the more true to myself I've become and the more honest and the more I can, you know, a lot of times you, you create a facade to try to get, a, to get around, you know, hide behind the smile and do all, you know. So I, I find that now I'm, I'm at a place I'm really – I'm even finer and better because I'm, 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 I'm true to myself and Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, more transparent with before one of my, one of my things I wanted to overcome was sugarcoating things. And I, I I wasn't helping them out by shooting coding it, you know? So having kind of the honest, uh, giving them the honest build, like, Hey man, that's not going to cut air. So little things like that, that over time you identify, like I got to improve in this to keep coaching better. I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. a great thing about coaching but to master yourself as a coach first, then it allows you to really move forward with people. You right. Know? And that's, so. that's why like from day one, I've always yeah. like, when I, every time I finished a blog post, I honestly don't even know the day I started it. I wish I could remember, but I was like finishing my blog post. And instead of being like, sincerely Casey, it was always be true to you, yeah. Casey, because I always felt like in, especially with blogging and being in the fitness industry and back then blogging is so different than it is now with social media and everything. But I always felt like if something didn't sit right with me, I could never go through with it. And so if it was like a product that I didn't really love and they wanted to pay me to talk about it, I was like, I would decline it because I was like, I don't feel right about doing thing, doing this or whatever. And it always, I always just told myself like, as long as I stay true to who I am, because it, for a lot of years, I covered up my energy. Like mm-hmm. I have had freaking a lot of energy since I was born. There you? are pic- no way, no way. There are literally <laughs> pictures of me and my family's posing nice. And I'm like sticking my tongue out. Like I, I, from a young age have been boisterous and had a voice and was really 
um, confident in that as a kid. And then I remember getting into, getting into high school and feeling the need to fit in and feeling the need to, if I'm too much of myself, people are going to think I'm weird or they're going to think like, oh my God, calm down, Casey. Like I felt like I could never truly be a hundred percent Casey. And then I got out of that into college and just started finding my voice more and started being like, okay, I need to stay here because this feels good. And then when I got into teaching and I could use that gift of having a voice and being energetic and walking around people and making them feel a certain way, I was like, shit, this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And now it's like, I don't want to hide anymore of like who I am. Like if you take me for who I am, I'm going to pep you up. If it's seven in the morning, if it's eight at night um, and people are always like, how do you have so much energy? That's just who I am. Like I, this is who I am. And I always just felt so strongly about like, just be who you are because those people are going to show up for you. They're coming to you for you. The workout's awesome. The way we're going to provide them is awesome. But in the end, they're coming because we make them feel a certain way and we have an energy about us and you have it and Sam has it. And it's like, you, you have it, like you have it. And I think that, um, it's been really cool to be in an environment with you, with Sam, that, I can be who I am and them not, and you not be like, you need to be less of who you are. You yeah. need to calm down over there. You need to not be so loud. Like right. someone tells me not to be loud. I like it triggers something in me. Cause I'm just like, listen, like I must have really bad ears or I've just always been this way. Like I have always been loud. My family makes fun of me. Like we, that is who I am. Which is it's fine just, because that's why there's a volume on this recorder. Exactly. This <laughs> right. is why we have a volume on the recorder and we can edit this after, but that's just really the passion behind yeah being true to who we are. And for you, you are so who you are and you are so true to who you are. And so everyone knows it and everyone feels it around us. Um, and I just, I think this was such a great no, this was awesome, episode. And sure. I want to bring, we were saying this could go on for hours because, or I also want to have Orlando talk about his side of health and his mindset when it comes to like training his clients and things that he has gone through with his personal story with that. And we joke with him all the time about like not eating carbs and stuff like that, but he has tried so many different things and yeah. have found things that work for him. And I would yeah. love to also have another episode where we can really dive into that. But I, I, I think this was really good. And I think we got to the root of who Orlando really yeah. is. It's a lot of layers. A lot, a lot of, of layers. layers. Survival challenge. Okay. So stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned say, for the hike. You could <laughs> drop. You could drop what that is. We should upload. We should just upload Orlando's episode this week. And yeah, no, for sure. Boom. Yeah, All right. So what's easy. that winter? What did you say? It was sorry. Survivor challenge. Survive. Okay, go ahead. It's drop wait. it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we have a beautiful checklist that's gonna go following along the compass rose: nutrition, exercise, um, sleep, and stress. Uh, the wellness. W is gonna stand for wellness challenges, but it's really putting together what Coach O is about, and not just what I'm about. What I'm trying to also where I'm trying to go. For everyone kind of falls off being on top of their game or not so much being on top of the game, but just we fall off. We have like times that we're on, times that we're off. So this is my shot of trying to really make a push. This is almost what before Mia 7. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is... Who also coming. is going to come on the podcast. We're going <laughs> to have Mia on the podcast. Mia Layla. It's happening. Um, so this is basically like now that I'm back to running, now that I'm back to doing these things, putting together the community and the COVID world that we're in, I'm trying to capture all that stuff and give us something to do, a checklist that you can kind of follow along. That's going to challenge you. The theme of it is to be a healthier, stronger, and more resilient version of yourself. Ooh. 
He practiced that one before he no, came. No, this, this, this is live or not. No, just kidding. Sam and I have been. This is good. Yeah, no, good I know. I've heard the spiel, yeah. and it's it's <laughs> and, awesome. And the coolest part is, is you can join it and participate no matter where you are. Where you are. Yeah. Right? So there are levels. There's different gradations. I mean, if you want to take it the most extreme way you can, you can. If you just want to kind of participate, kind of dip your toe in the water, you can do that as well. The key focus in that when we were trying to kind of create this thing, this challenge is to be like, there needs to be a people need a direction right now that everything is so up in the air mm-hmm. right communities are up in the air nobody knows what the hell's going on and it's like okay well let's give people something positive to focus in on I that can help that. them on many different levels when yeah. does it start is it already started we're looking for uh december 21st it's kind of like okay. the idea of like the winter winter you know go through the winter months mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be hard it's gonna it's, and, it's and a part of it is to kind of get you yeah. out of your comfort it's to kind of Hold your breath for longer than you ever expected. So do breath work. You know, it's all um, get in the cold, get out of our comfy clothes. And it's kind of, so it's really <laughs> Where we've been working all week outdoors. <laughs> and, and, we're, and when we think about out of like nutrition, everyone's got some kind of nutrition game plan. Everyone exercise, but part of it is the stressor is like our mind. So kind of diving into that part of it to try to. Push this us is out the of hardest time of the year for so many people. And there's nothing to look forward to. Like this, yeah. obviously, like the holidays this year aren't going to be as holiday mm-hmm. because you can't necessarily see the people that you always see or mm-hmm. do the things you always do. So it's like, all right, if you can build a community mm-hmm. of people with the same sort of direction, the same sort of focus, and like just build that family, that team, that camaraderie, and like get through this hard time of the year. Like this mm-hmm. is brutal, especially going to like February, March. It's like, oh, oh the <laughs> longest like, months of the long, year. A hundred percent. It's like, okay, February and March last the year. And then the rest of the year last. Not year. even kidding. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So where can they find information on that? That we're going to be, we're going to be in zoom. So look forward. We'll probably, we'll share it. Okay. And we'll be able to, by next week, we want to do a little zoom to introduce it to everyone that wants to participate. Here's kind of what we're looking at setting it up and then going from there so we can put information in the show notes in the show notes to yeah. What, yeah how you can get a hold of it if you're interested yeah, yeah and, and we'll it. be making recordings that we can send out in emails and stuff like that too so yeah there'll be a private facebook page okay a group that will invite people cool so maybe that's what we'll do by the time this comes out it'll be i mean it's it's ready it's ready it's ready look we're putting it down on paper <laughs> That ball's in the air. Oh, and, and it, it. finishes. If you look at it, it's right over there. At the bottom, it says the hike. You got to see the it. The hike. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's, it. Oh That's what we're finishing with. That's what we're finishing We're doing it. Spot for the date. There's oh a date, yeah. Gosh. The hike. The if you want to join us happened. on the hike, email yeah. true to you chats at gmail.com. 100%. We're going to make this a thing for real. We're going we on the hike. To, like, we would love to, like, seriously, make it a thing. Make it Make it an event. You have to register, do it. We true lead you, things. True I'm to you, hike. True to you, hike. Oh, my God. Okay, don't get me excited. Okay. Oh, my God. Love it. Orlando, we love you. <laughs> I Sam. love you guys. Thank, I appreciate you guys. It really is. You guys make me better, and it is a great environment. You see the swagger now? Look at this. I know. This now he's ready This to is go. my voice. Now I'm relaxed. Now he's now I'm holding relaxed. The, the microphone <laughs> to his mouth. <laughs> it's inside of him. I <laughs> love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll catch you on the next episode. Make sure to follow Orlando. We love Orlando so much. And follow Sam at Sam Brown Strength and me at Power Cakes. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>